Yo, uh, welcome back, 64 Worms Club. Uh, we're live again from our homes on Zoom. So uh, if you're hearing any dodginess from the sounds, then yeah, got to deal with it, unfortunately, until Boris lets us back outside. So um, we're back for another week. Um, four of us here today. We've got myself, Gaz. We've got Paul. Yeah. Storm. And we've got Sis. Yo, yo. So, like you said, I think um, it's been quite a fun weekend of football, I think. Um, and we can we can go into a bit more of it, obviously, in detail. But I think there was not enough to talk about. The title race is, is starting to take shape. We're getting a top six. Um, and Arsenal are somewhere. Relegation um, battle. <laughs> I've seen so many posts that are so good about that. But we'll get into that later. In fact, they're actually first on our list. So, uh, just to quickly cut through what we're going to go through this week. So, we've got Spurs take North London bragging rights as Arsenal slump to another defeat. Slump. That's six. That's the sixth of the season. Six out of 11 is... Six out of 11 is crazy. Um, then we're going to go to Liverpool cruise past Wolves. Another big win for Liverpool. Um <laughs> slightly clawing back that that gold if after that <laughs> terrible start. Um, then United fight back after horrendous opening 60 minutes to beat West Ham. Um, it was a, a crying shame because I was really looking forward to another edition of United Slander, which yeah, it'll be a bit, but not as much. Uh, then we'll have a break. Um, touch on Chelsea coming from a goal behind to beat Leeds. Um, good, good three points again for Chelsea. Um, just you know, they're still there, still there for now. So, you know. um, Palace hit five past unfortunate West Brom. Uh, we'll see why they're unfortunate. Um, it was a bit of a shocker, I'm sure you know. Um, last minute winner for Vardy as Sheffield United still yet to win a league game this season. Um, I enjoyed that last minute winner. Kept me in the football picks. Yeah. Don't gamble. Um, and, and then City finally have back-to-back victories in the Prem. First time they've got back-to-back yeah. victories. Imagine that. Fancy. Well, you know, they've got Go to. They're full and Burnley. Yeah, full and Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It'd be a sticky one if they didn't get them. Well, if they didn't get back-to-back, I'd have just fucking cancel it. Cancel the season for them. Um, and then we've got some questions and answers to come. Um, we've got some good questions. Oh, some, good, some good questions have been sent in this week as well. Yeah, and there's an, also a lovely little uh, L of the week to throw in. I'm just trying to think when we're going to put that in. Do you know what? Fuck it. We'll do it now. We'll do it now. Uh, just so we, we're there for you to listen to. There was a couple of nominees. Um, if I just scroll through the chat, there was there was one uh, was Mikel Arteta pushing Thomas Party into a hamstring injury. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm, I'm not being funny. I'm glad that that's not one because I've got a good 40-minute segment purely based on that 20-second clip. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Joe, you know what though? I think in most weeks that would have won. That, oh, I yeah. Think that um, we also had special shout-out to Hector Bellerin, vegan warrior, who has recorded his fifth Foul throw. It's too hipster to do them properly, man. Oh, in fact, you know, you know what's funny? You know how he said um, every goal Arsenal score, I'll donate so many thousand trees. 
You know, if he'd done it on foul throws instead, he'd have donated more trees. Hey, I've seen an interesting thing about Bellerin saying he, he's that hipster. He plays like he's wearing those spiky Louboutins. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is, though, like, um, it's a good job he is he is doing something to save the planet because he's absolutely cack at football. But um, the, the thing is, we've got, out of all those, um, you know, I think in a lot of weeks, they could be, they could be the hell of the week. But... I think this week is is of something different. Um, obviously, as you all know, fans were allowed back into the ground for the first time in is it nine months. A uh, long, long time. You know, a lot of people have been looking forward to welcoming the teams back, looking forward to uh, cheering the team on, even in a small capacity. Uh, I know uh, Liverpool, uh, sorry, Wolves players from uh, who played the other night said they felt that there was 15,000 people in there because of the difference of having zero to 2,000. It felt like there was more. So it was a real momentous occasion to have them all back in. And the Millwall fans chose to boo the Black Lives Matter protest uh, or the, the, the taking the knee, sorry, uh, at the first occasion that they had, um, which, grow up, you racist Thanks. Um So once again, you know, a, a little quota for, for me and I'm sure everyone else who, uh, is part of 64 Worms Club. Listen to this and you think what they did was okay or you feel like booing it yourself, grow up and don't listen to this podcast. So, yeah, I mean, um, I that... no, normally I give, um, normally, you know, um, whenever we do the L of the week, I give a round of applause to the winner, but nah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> what, even the Daily Mail? <laughs> did you give them a round of applause? <laughs> yeah, you know what I did? Because I thought it was fucking joke. But nah, <laughs> f- fuck these bombs, man. Well, Gammon. Like, yeah. how much gammon do you have to be for the first chance you get to get in the ground? You're all gassed. You're all like, whoa. You know, we get to see our team play. I mean, Mill shit anyway. We get to see our team play. Whoa. And then it's just like, right. There's so many people trying to rectify why they've done it as well. And it's just pathetic. So, such a fucking childish, uneducated, low thing to do. It's fucking horrible, man. And it's got no place in football. So... Well, what I like as well is that they, they always use that thing, don't they? Uh, like in quotation marks, some people did this. Some. I don't know about you lot, but them boos were loud. If that's some, I'm not having that. Exactly. That, what was it? Only like, was it 2,000 as well in that stadium? 2,000 people in, and those boos were loud. So I, um, I reckon at least I know that, um, that. this is that is the L of the week, but flipping. Something from having fans back, so that was a that was a bad booing. We don't want we don't want that. But if I could just say one slightly funny thing about booing, Charlton fans chose to choose the first weekend that they were allowed back in to actually boo their team off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've got about that. Uh, Incredible. So, it's, it's an end of the week for Millwall. Fuck you, but Charlton fans, oi, fair, oi. Play. Fair, fair play. play fair play. Fair play. You lot have had this agenda for a while, man, and I'm, I'm rating the hustle. Yeah, the Charlton oh, fans can have the they can have the round of applause that normally the end of the week you know when they get the Jordan boys. Yeah. Love that. Love <laughs> that shit. Love that. Love the commitment, man. Get that chairman out of the yeah, club. Like, if you want to go in and boo your team because they're shit, that's fine, but don't boo them supporting black people. That's, that's my message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but moving on from them dickheads anyway, we are going to move to one of our, well, both our other L of the Week contenders, which is Arsenal. <laughs> um, I mean, their whole team's all massive, gigantic L at the moment. But 
Um, you know, it was a, a North London derby to forget. Uh, they've now not beat Spurs in, I think it was three years, I've seen. They've not been Spurs in, in that long. So it's a, another great step for Spurs to just for, for their title race as well. So um, who wants to kick off with this game? Anyone want to kind of start with us? I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. One thing that's left me thinking of this game is I would love them to get them for them both to be in the Europa League final. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't think they'd get. I don't think Arsenal would get that far. But just imagine the ter- like, imagine the turmoil of Arsenal fans losing European trophies to two their main two London rivals. I mean, there would just be no way back for them. Um, in terms in terms of the game, oh, they just got sucked in. By Mourinho, a Mourinho masterclass, really. And I know people will say, well, well, they had 70% possession and they put 44 crosses into the box, but numbers mean absolutely fuck all when you're doing nothing with it. Shout out to Alex Scott, by the no, way, for what was the biggest stat I've ever heard on television. Of Aubameyang's 73 Prem goals, only three of them have been headers from crosses. That is yeah. a mad stat. And why they're whipping balls into that fucking receding clot, I've got no idea. Because he does niche for him at the minute. It's joke. I think I think Ian Wright reiterated on a magic day as well. I'm sure he said that Aubameyang and Lacazette together have only got nine, have got seven between them, mm-hmm. or nine between them. Something along Do you not, that line. So, Mikel Arteta says it's mathematics. We put more balls into the box and we score more goals. Uh, what what mathematics is he using to work this out? Does anyone know? It's funny because Pythagoras theorem, or it's funny because you know he's the uh, fucking biggest clown. He is the he is the biggest clown in the league at the moment. I he mean, is the biggest fool in, in London. <laughs> crossing stats, right? And what he's talking about there sounds like something straight out of David Moyes' textbook. And another thing is, if you look at the game where the team got the most crosses in the Premier League. I think it was, unless I'm wrong and it's changed, it was one goals at United against, yeah. I think... It was, it was like 60, yeah. it was nearly 60 yeah, or something, weren't it? And they didn't win, so I don't understand why he thinks that, you know, they've not got Peter Crouch playing for them. So... If you're suited to that system, then fair enough, but you're playing completely out of your depth in that system. I'd right, I'd understand. Do you know what? If they had Giroud up top, they'd probably be winning 10-0 every game, putting 44 crosses into the box. Probably will. Fucking... Aubameyang. Isn't it? I mean, he's just he, he looks like a lost cause. I've, he, just, um, he doesn't look interested. Can't run with the ball, can't shoot. I mean, how many? What did he have? Was it twenty touches? In yeah, the North twenty-two London touches, there? I think. So. Twenty-two touches. That's absolutely criminal for a player of his stature in a, such an important game. And he said before the game it was a turning point for the season, and it's turning down. I think it looks worse than because I think even like throughout his career at Arsenal, he's always scored goals. I, I think we will we'll never deny like how good he's been for him since he signed, apart from probably this season. But he's always like, he's never done a lot in a game, has he? It's always like, he'll get one chance and score and it'll be the most, it'll be the important goal and that's all he needs to do as a striker. If you, do you know what I mean? Where it just look, the stats look far worse now that he looks like he's having fewer touches, fewer, fewer like, he's just not doing, not doing enough in the game and he's not making it look twice as worse for him, which I, I think, think why the, a lot of people have got on his back a lot this the, season the biggest thing for me is that you know when I, if you watch that game back 
uh, and this is the worrying thing for Arsenal fans, I don't think they can play better than that. I really don't. I don't think they can improve, you know, with that set of players can improve on that performance. Xhaka, piss poor. Bellerin, piss poor. The centre-half that's not Gabriel, fucking Rob Holding, piss poor. All of them, to a man, with the exception of probably Tierney from that game, all of them want sacking. Unfortunately, it, you know, it's sticky for him. It's sticky for him. Lacazette, I don't know what he brings anymore. Aubameyang is a waste of a shirt. I don't well, get it. I think, don't, don't Arsenal fans now want to see Lacazette dropping deeper? Yeah. What, to stay in tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> drop deeper, drop deeper, stay in bed, Shag. You are no use to us. Don't want to get me that Gunnosaurus fucking kid. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I can't recall. I can't recall saying good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, Lacardi B, me. He's got. He's absolutely done. But but the thing is, obviously, you know. Again, I mean, I know we can laugh at Arsenal because we do love it. But it it was a great performance from Spurs once again, and it's just highlighted them once again. I mean, they've gone through a spell of games where they played City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Now. When the year's um, gone by, you put Spurs in those three games. And yeah, they might beat Arsenal, but they, they wouldn't get points at Stamford Bridge and they wouldn't do anything against Man City home or away. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that they, they've managed to um, turn a corner a little bit and, and, and play well in the, in the so-called bigger games. Um, it's interesting. We shouldn't really be calling Arsenal a top six team anymore. You know, the big six. I don't think Arsenal are in that category anymore. Um, they bet they've never beat a big team away. I think the only time they've done it is United, who again is one of the worst Man Uniteds we've ever seen. So I don't think it's really fair to be calling them the big six anymore. Um, but Jose Mourinho is doing his job for Spurs, um, and they, they do look at a real team at the moment. Um, one thing as, as well, which I want to kind of open up to you lot and, and see what you think about this. Um, this Harry Kane thing, where he keeps backing into players in the air um, and A, winning free kicks out of it and B, it's surely that counts as dangerous play. You know, he keeps doing this thing where someone's in the air, he waits for them to be in the air, he doesn't look for the ball and he backs entirely into them. And I, I seen one the other day and it looked quite painful when the players coming back down into, into to the ground. So it, what can be done about this? Because for me, I, I feel like it's looking blatant now. Mm. Um, even won a penalty for it early on in the season. So Yeah, going to Brighton. So, yeah. so what, you know, what's the situation with this? Um, he's got to be penalised for it because if you're going into a player and you're not looking at the ball, it stands to reason that you're only, only going for contact. You're not trying to yeah, win the ball. You're, you're not trying to, yeah. You're not trying to play the game. So you are, in essence, trying to deceive the referee, if you like. It's not a dive because there is contact there, but because he's playing for it and not looking for the ball, and the way that he's doing it, it is it's dangerous play. You can't do it in rugby. That's all I can yeah, say. I was about to say you get red carded in rugby for doing it. It's a red card offence in rugby, which speaks volumes about why it shouldn't be done in football. That's fucking rugby. Did you, there was a clip earlier, actually, that was going around on Twitter in the, I think it was the South Korean League. Someone did it to one of the players there and he broke three neck vertebrae and dislocated his finger. And he was out for six months because of it. 
And like, I mean, it's it's no joke. If someone does fall on the head, they could literally break the neck or back. Well, that's what I mean. That's why it, I'm glad it's obviously getting mentioned on Twitter and everything now, because it's like, you don't want to be talking about this and like every week. And then in a month's time, nothing's been changed about it. And someone like, like you said, breaks the neck. Like, it, do, it shouldn't get to a point where someone does get really, in, really badly injured from it. And then they go, right, okay, well, we'll sort, we'll change it now. Do you know what I mean? This is like now it's getting talked about. Now it's kind of present. They need to they need to stamp it out now. Well, he's, he's not he's not a malicious footballer. I mean, we we you know we can all say we're not we're not having a go saying that he's trying to injure. No, people. no, no. I agree. Yeah, he's trying to, no, he's trying three to three win the foul for his team. He's trying to win three eight. kicks, but it's dangerous. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's something that should continue to stand. It's a good to see that people are finally picking up on it because he's done it. You know, what What if he does it in the next game? Like you say there, Storm, injures someone and they're out for, you know, six months or, or even a career ender. It, you know, it's. It, it, I don't think it's something that, that should be stood and something that they should not necessarily give retrospective action to, but next time he does it, send him off. Yeah, I think it, I think someone needs to go up to him and like, even if even if someone goes and shows when the clip goes on about Storm, like if someone's showing that and go, right, yeah. this is what's happened to someone that's Honestly, doing what you're doing. It, like, don't it, get me wrong, it, it's it, not it, just Kane. I know Kane's obviously no, done it quite a few times. Do it. Oh yeah, people do, people, do it. People have done it in the league. I'm, I'm not defending him in that sense, but like he, he's obviously the the main culprit for it. I've seen a lot of him, a lot of like him do it. Oh, he does it at least twice a game. Yeah, into but, the centre backs. That's why he just does it centre backs to try and win a free kick on the edge of the box. We well, did it to Fernandinho, and then Fernandinho left an elbow on him afterwards, which I thought <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. dude, fair dude. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna try and drop me on my head, I'm coming down with my elbow like the fucking people's elbow or something. <laughs> you know, like Sean Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we we all disagree with it, guys. Basically, it's got to be stumped stumped out of football, mate. Someone's got to tell it. I him. think we should um, touch on the way that fucking. Spurs sell now. I mean, I was looking at the I seen the photo of the average positions of Spurs, and it was all in their own half. All of their own half, I see now. And I know that that sounds incredibly grim for anyone that think that anyone that's not watched the game or thing here, but the way that they just sucked Arsenal onto them and fucking pammed them on the counter attack, like Arsenal, they were just at fucking they could not get past any of them. I think one thing I, I will say about Arsenal, I do, I don't think I think I've seen them probably play worse than that like, this season. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, they were they were knocking the ball about a bit, but they, they're just getting mullered in possession. Like if they, as soon as they gave a ball away, they were just they did not know what to do because Spurs were just electric in the counter attacking. Hoiberg had the game of his Spurs career so far. Well, highlights how good he's been this year, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Was he that? I mean, I missed the game. Was he that good? Because he's been yeah, great. He yeah, he was absolutely. He was. He was probably Spurs' best player. He basically dropped in between both centre backs, between Dyer and um, of our world. And I said what I said um, to a couple of lads in another group chat. That I'm in. He reminds me of like a, a more mobile version of Mourinho's Man Utd when he first signed him at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Just making ruthless challenges and just passing the ball forward. Yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, it was probably it was. I don't usually like watching centre defender like defensive midfielders, but it was a very good performance from him. I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the L on that one. I've, you know, I'm still I'm still gonna throw it out there and say I've not been overly impressed from Ames Rodriguez since September. But you know, because everyone <laughs> everyone jumped on me after that one in September. But 
But Hoiberg, I can I've seen enough of him now that I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my hands up and say I was definitely definitely wrong about him. It just a bit. It was just a bit of a strange well, signing, you know I think, <laughs> weren't it? Well, you know what I think it is for Hoiberg, right? I think you know when he was at Southampton, he was being asked to do everything. He was being asked to win the ball, dribble with it, play it, pick a pass, everything. Now all of a sudden. He's not got to do it all. He's not got to be great no, at everything. No, he's just got to do it. Well, yeah. win, win the ball and give it to someone better than you. And thankfully, in that Spurs team, there's a lot who are. So he's, he's sport for choice who he can give the ball to. He, he, I can't Mourinho, made, Mourinho made an interesting comment about him. He says he'll, he'll definitely make a good manager when he retires, as he's constantly asking, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why do we do this? And Mourinho says he's really good at receiving information about football. So maybe... Mourinho's fucking helped him level up, to be fair, which would pro- Mourinho would probably help any footballer level up that's defensive-minded. Yeah. So, yeah, he it, yeah, it, it just seems like he's got a good footballing brain for a team like Spurs that are set up to just sit back and wait for a counter-attack. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting how um, what Moore said there, where he says, give the ball to someone better than him. And one player that's definitely better than him, uh, who scored an absolute peach, was Hyungmin Son. That goal was absolutely sensational. Outrageous, wasn't it? Top bracket from there is Phil. Um, you know, so, I mean, he's he's on fire at the moment. I think he's, he's what, nine nine Premier League goals? Ten. Um, ten. Ten. <clears throat> ten. And, um, you know, Harry Kane's on, I think, six or seven Premier League goals. Harry um, Kane's on eight now and ten assists. Well, that's, what, that's the point I was going to get to. You know, are we... You know, at what point are Arsenal fans going to get worried he's going to break that Henri record? Um, well, he's now the he's now the all-time leading goal scorer in the North London derby, so he's already took one. No, that, Adebayor had that one. Yeah, I about to say that wasn't. Oh, was it Adebayor that had that one? Sorry, I thought it was Henry. I I he played for both teams, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's but, but the thing is, though, when it comes to um, this record, I mean, what was it that Henri had that year? Was it? 20 goals and 20 assists, basically. Yeah. 24 goals, 20 assists, weren't it? So, Harry Kane's currently on 10 assists, so he's halfway there. Um, and eight goals. And eight goals. So, I mean, he, he might not... I don't know. If he, the thing is, it, it, what I'll say is, and I know a lot of Arsenal fans will tell you this, and I do kind of agree with him. Harry Kane has always got an injury in him every season. Of course he has. Every season. And within the next probably three or four weeks, probably five weeks, around now between mid-January, if you don't get an injury between that, then he probably will do it. But we know what Christmas is like when it comes to Premier League football. We know the congestion and everything, how many games are playing in three or four weeks' time. He's going to be... Jose, with him now being, well, joint top, he's going to want him fit every game. He doesn't want to, He's not going to want to rest him, even against us the likes of Fulham or West Brom, he's going to want to play him every week. Um, and that might take his toll on him. Yeah, because one thing that is coming up soon is, because obviously we've just got out the period of, I mean, we've got our final uh, games in Europe for the big teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, then, but then once we finish that, we go into December football, which is back-to-back football matches anyway. So even though previously what we're going to be doing is doing... Well, what we've been doing is Champions League podcasts and Prem podcasts. Now, soon, we're going to be having midweek <laughs> yeah. midweek Prem anyway. So, 
Um, which is where, which is where you've. I mean, like, like I said, re- reiterating on it. If if he gets through January without an injury, then I I can't see much stopping him. To be fair, which is not not gonna it's not gonna help Arsenal fans, especially if they're fifteenth and he's still break the record or something. <laughs> going to be a bit sticky for him. Honestly, God, if oh mate, if Arsenal stay in this position that they're in for much longer, I. I just cannot see Arteta being there longer. I really can't. No. I, mean, I think the, he's lost the fans. I didn't think that would be possible for an ex-Arsenal player that they loved. He's literally... Well, you say that. I still don't think he's lost the fans. I still think the fans will point think... fingers at the club more than him. They do. I know we no, we point the fingers at Arteta because we don't, we don't believe that he's all it, is it? Let's face it. We all thought he was going to be. I was. I put my hands up and say I felt like he might be the one that changed the direction of the club. But all over the eyes, mate. Well, the thing is, though, I know, I know we've got, um, I know we've got some questions about Arteta later on, so we can we can have some discussions about that later. But I think it's a good time to to make a move move on to the next game, um, which is uh, Liverpool's four 0 win over Wolves. Um, <laughs> Um, Safely got my picks through. <laughs> yeah, I've still got them to come next week against Fulham, so don't worry about that. You uh, but I think that um, obviously it was a, it was a great it was a great game to to have back at Anfield. Um, it was funnily enough Liverpool t- fans' first chance they've had to go into the ground since we've been made uh, champions of England for the first time in thirty years. So it was good to see uh, a lot of positives. Um, not really any negatives in that game for on especially from a Liverpool perspective. There was no injuries, mm-hmm. which is lovely to see. Um for a minute I seen Curtis Jones go down and thought, oh God, he's just started playing well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good performance. I, I think there was there was key things to, to pick from that game. Uh, Keller had another good game, showed that, that Adrian's not gonna be picked. Adrian is, is not gonna be picked when Allison's not in not fit. Kelleher gets the, gets the starting team now. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a that's a real real positive for us because you know me and you Paul have been shitting it whenever we see Adrian on Shaking the team. Like sheet. Shitting dog, mate. Um, uh, Robertson once again just carried on being fantastic. Um, another clean sheet for Matip and Fabinho. Um, it's it's good to see that our defensive record without Van Dijk hasn't been a shambles, which was a real real worry. Um, I thought Nico Williams started terribly, but really picked up as the game went on. Yeah. Um, and Genie Wijnaldum has, has probably been one of our better players for the season. He was, again, excellent. Uh, Jones, what, what more can you say about him? He's, he's, he's becoming tougher to drop, even in games that, that matter. Because that game against Wolves was an important match. I know we've got injuries in midfield, but that was a very important match that we needed to win. Um, Marnie's still not scored, which is weird, but you know that it's coming. It was unlucky uh, not to, to be fair, though, wasn't he? Well, no, because he, he should have scored that. Yeah, yeah I haven't said so I guess. That, that, he should, that, should that have bagged that. Yeah, <laughs> he, should, he should have buried it. Um, but I, I think all in all, it's just another win for the club in crisis at the top of the Prem. So... Um, obviously, Paul and more Liverpool fans as well. What, what did you think? 
Um, well, as well as what you've touched on, um, it was good from not even a fan perspective, but it was good from um, from a footballing perspective to see VAR almost get a decision correct. Almost. <laughs> I mean, justice was served when we all saw Connor Cody barrel himself to the floor over nothing. How he's not been booked, I'll never know. But yeah, that's a question for another day. I take it. After all the shite, I take it. Uh, yeah, I, how, thought, how, I thought we were superb. Wait, more. how much did you think they were going to give a pen, though, anyway? Oh, mate, I, I was gu- I guaranteed that it was a pen. Even after I saw he'd not touched him, I thought, he's still going to give it. He's still going to give it. And then he watched it, what, five, ten times or whatever. It was like, the more he watched it, the more I thought, you're not going to give this. And then I put a little smile on my face, and then he points, to, points the other way, and I'm well happy. Connor Cody's got away with murder there because any other player, you know for a fact that it's um, it's book, he's booked for diving. But, you know, we, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, good performance, good three points. Great to see some fans back in there. Klopp doing his fist pumps. I fucking love oh. to see that. I'd love to see that, mate. Inject. Oh, that, that would have gone down with some rival fans, mate. I'll tell you that. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> I fucking and, uh, loved it. It was great, wasn't like, it? I loved it. But the thing is, though, more it's one thing that you've mentioned there, and I want to kind of bring back full circle a little bit, is you mentioned Connor Cody diving. Mm. Now, you know, Liverpool fans, or, you know, Mo Salah's still getting stick from that one where he actually got kicked in the foot the other week. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that I've, I've had a look, I've watched Match of the Day, I've watched, you know, after the game when it was on, no mention of... Connor Cody and dive in the same sentence. It's funny that, isn't it? It's funny how the funny, funny how the world works. Um, and it's interesting as as to why, whenever it's a player that isn't English, it's not necessarily anti Liverpool on this one. If they're not English, you yeah. tend to hear. Yeah, you, don't, you don't hear a lot about it, do you? But Paul, I'm guessing you know you've, you've got some thoughts as well about the. About well, the like I mean, you've, I think you both summed it up for me. I can't put a finger on. Anything negative about the entire game, really. I thought even the substitutes that come on, they just brought steadiness to the game. I know the game was probably completely other about the time they come on. I, I will say one thing. I was a bit bit worried for Wolves, really. They, they, they normally... I've never seen them where their edge just completely dropped. When it went to 2-0, it was like, yeah, I can't be arsed for being here, mate. I'm fucking heading home. Do you know what I mean? It was like, got to 2-0, it was like... It is Anfield, though, isn't it? So you know, it is Anfield, you know what, Paul? I didn't, I didn't feel that, you know, because they were creating chances even when they were four down. So I never, I, I, never, know. I, they I looked... didn't feel them down tools, not, not like you've mentioned anyway. Well, I don't know. I felt like there, was, there wasn't that press. I don't feel there was that intensity in them. Which, like you said, it's normal, isn't it? You get to Anfield, fans are back as well. We've touched on it before, but they must know it's a fortress when they get there. The thing is, though, Paul, you know, when you look at Liverpool... And, you know, it's easy for me to say, oh, you know, Liverpool are great, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, specifically at home, when you go one down at Anfield, it's difficult. Yeah. Right? When you go two down at Anfield, you must, in your head as a player, think this is done. I know it's hard. I know I know players, surely it's you can, you can say, oh, they've got to be consummate professionals and they've got to keep going, but... When when yeah. the when the an undefeated record and winning record at, at Anfield is so strong, uh, especially like you say, fans back and it's the first time these Liverpool players have played in front of their fans since they've won it. You knew they were going to put a show on. Yeah, I I wasn't normally when we play Wolves or when we played Leicester because of the injuries I've had I, I can get a little bit nervous. 
But because it was, I always thought we were going to put a show on last night um, due to the fact of the fans are back. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was nice to see uh, Van, Dyke, Van Dyke in the crowd. You know, he's not dead. You know, it's, it's nice to see. <laughs> he's alive. <laughs> um, he's not actually dead. Jeannie did the little Van Dyke celebration. And everything felt right. We've got Fulham away next, which, I mean, uh, if we don't beat them, we're struggling for a league title, really. Um, and then the big game next Wednesday against Spurs. So that'll be a, a very interesting week coming up. Um, but all in all, I think it's it's good to see that we're still we're still at the top. Um, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we've we've mentioned that. VAR actually got something right. It's it's yeah. it's <laughs> it's becoming very repetitive talking about how bad VAR is for them to get a decision right and and uh, not give the penalty for for Connor Cody's dive was was fantastic. One thing it does confirm, Gaz, they've opened their emails, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? They've they've they're starting to fix offsides after the email. We've seen a correct decision on a foul that wasn't one. After the email, I'm beginning to think I should drop the short code. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think, I think, what well, I mean, I mean, I know we've, like you said, there's not a lot to say about this game because it was kind of comfortable and there wasn't much negatives for Liverpool. And Wolves are probably thinking this ain't going to change our, our season, is it losing away to Liverpool? But one thing I will say, I, I was really impressed with how Nico Williams played in the end. I know it, like you said, he didn't start too great, but bad start. He almost gave another penalty. Away he almost gave another penalty. He just looks. Obviously, with the problem, he got a lot of stick from the fans about three or four. Not not all the fans, but a certain amount of fans, yeah, which was poor, wrong. Poor fans, actually. Poor fans, which you could obviously tell that it knocked his confidence because the next few games, I feel like when he got brought into the side from the from the academy, he was trying to implement the way that Trent plays. Do you know what I mean? Trying to get those early crosses in, which he looks yeah. like he has got a good ball into a fifth. Obviously, good, nothing good like ball. Trent. Yeah, but um, I think since he got stick. He's looked a bit um, a bit scared to put crosses in. He's always kind of negative, always trying to go back a bit. You can tell it's knocked his confidence a bit. But I think he played at the midweek as well in Champions League, and he played quite well. Um, and I like you said, I was worried. I was a bit worried about him going to this game because I know how good Wolves are at the front three. They've got a lot of pace to get him behind, a lot of one on ones, which he I might struggle in. Concerned with Neto against him as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he did too bad to him because he even actually put Torre onto him on the second half. They made put Torre left wing, and I thought this could get sticky for him because I think any wing back in the league doesn't want to be marking Torre. But like you said, he did really well from the end of the day. Wolves didn't get a goal. Well, I think in, in order to combat Torre, one thing they did quite well, which um, we've seen in the past, um, he's been really effective at, and probably one of the reasons, another reason why he's one of the better players in his position, Sadio Mane going backwards. I know it's yeah. not the main part of his game, but it, his tackling defending is actually really impressive for a winger. So yeah. quite often when they had Triori on the wing, they would have Sadio Mane doubling up. Yeah, he wasn't isolated, was he, against Robber? I mean, Robber is the best left-back in the world, in world, in my opinion, but even he would probably go, I, I don't want to be facing him like, for 90 minutes on my own. No, no, but you're right. I think, and it was good to see Trent come back in um, you know, he gets he gets a lot of slander from football fans, Trent, as I'm sure Storm will a lot in our chat. Yeah, so but I think that he came on, um, didn't have much to do, but then when we gave him the ball, 
30, 40 yards out on down the right hand side, he puts in something excellent. So yeah. Um, does he get an assist for that? Um, no, he didn't get it. He didn't no, get it. Mane gets the assist, I think, because it came off him. Oh, of course he does, yeah. Jammy bastard. That you don't get it. Don't deserve an assist for a miss. <laughs> In it. <laughs> what I would like to say about that game was um Wolves fucking just look really, really poor. Which is yeah. strange compared to their Arsenal game because they played really well. But what I will say is um Fabinho and Matt look like they've played together their whole life. Yeah. yeah. Well, well the thing is though, Storm, it's interesting you say that, that Wolves look poor because Without trying to fucking big up Liverpool, this happens whenever anyone comes to Anfield. Uh, yeah, I was going to say exactly the same. It's like, it's like a couple of weeks ago we went Leicester. Oh, Leicester looked shit. Yeah, because they came to Anfield. People don't do well there. I can't yeah. remember the last time someone went there and actually played well. Um, no. I think I think because it, it's the same as when people Chelsea people used to go to Chelsea or people used to go to Old Trafford. They they. Like, especially when Chelsea were at their absolute best and they had, what was it, like, 80-game unbeaten or whatever. Teams, yeah, go, teams go there and they shit themselves. That's what's currently happening with Liverpool at the moment. When teams go to Anfield, they shit themselves. Like uh, I've, I've heard a few Man United players, like, ex-players say it as well. You could tell, you was in the tunnel, I mean, you already knew the fucking game, rather. That's what it was probably like for Man United for about, what, between, like, 2000 to 2000 and... Five or whatever. Fucking decades, mate. Well, a decade, but I'm thinking of more like when it was like prime, hmm. probably around the time when Arsenal won the um, the, the Invincibles and whatever, where they had Roy Keane, Skulls. Do you know what I mean? Around that era. They probably knew the fucking yeah, game rather by then. With United, they had multiple eras. So you can, yeah. look, you can look at the, the, the late 90s. You can look at the early late, 90s. late 2000s, early, early, early 2000s. Man, Man U for the for the bulk of the Premier League era has been that way. When you go to Old Trafford, you think shit. Yeah, and that's why it's so mad. But now that, that that's is, why they get so much slander now because it's just completely completely different. Well, it's like I mean, I think that's a good time to yeah about that. It's good, there, really. Because um, I mean, I know they weren't at home. It was actually, I mean, you've got to give them some credit. Uh, they played terrible for sixty minutes, and I know it's. It's a it's a repeat thing for them that they're playing so badly to begin with. But you know, West Ham, as much as we all thought they might struggle this year, have been excellent. Um, if they'd have if West Ham would have won um, the other week, they would have gone above Chelsea for a brief period. So as good as Chelsea have been, for West Ham to be in a yeah, West Ham still picking points up where it really matters. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But because West games Ham, that you thought, games that you'd have imagined them to lose last season, they've been winning. Well, that's what I mean. So for them to be anywhere near teams like Chelsea, United, City, at this stage of the season, it just you've got to give credit to, to David Moyes and how he's done. So for Man United to go there and pick up a win from behind is an excellent result. Um, there's a couple of things that, that that did happen that was a bit controversial in that game that I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on. But um, we did say a couple of weeks ago, I think it might have been last week or the week before, if they keep winning games, you've, you've got to. I mean, if they win their games in hand, the game in hand against Villa, they're only two points off the top. Yeah. Well, I, I said in the chat earlier that yeah. soon we're going to have to rebrand it. We can't be having United slander anymore. It's going to have to be Arsenal slander. Well, yeah. I mean, Arsenal slander will will be so much easier. I can support that. 
Um, but, but the thing is, though, I think with with United, I mean, there's still there's still glaring issues there. Um, mm. Glaring, glaring issues. I, I think to call them title contenders so far because of the amount of issues they have, I don't. I think it's a bit early. Um, but you no, know, I think. One of the things that, that does seem to be a worry for Man United is when Bruno's not on the pitch, it's scary for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are very, very reliant on him at the minute. More so than ever, I think, this last probably month and a half. But he did, he did come on and absolutely he destroyed Mike Wester. He fucking absolutely ran the show. And I think, you know... <laughs> It's it's funny because we've we've always always laughed at the this um, Bruno over KDB agenda that the lads the Man United lads have had in the chat. But this season, Bruno is head and shoulders above most midfielders in the Prem. Um, Probably most midfielders in the world at the minute. Yeah, he's 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 been exceptional. Um, I've seen a statistic that he came on and something that no there's been no more chances created in a game than Bruno in that last match against West Ham and he came on at half-time. Yeah, he created eight chances in 45 minutes, I think, something like that. Um, and I think it's fair enough. I think, you know, you need to give, um, as much as it pains us, I think we've got to give Oli a bit of credit. Um, you know, he, he rested, he, he, had, he decided to put Bruno and Rashford on the bench because they've had a lot of games and you can't play them all the time. And then, you know, he's, he's brought them on at the right time to save the game. And they've got the three points and Bruno and Rashford, who are key players for them, have only played 45 minutes. So it gives them enough time to rest them to then go again for a massive game against Leipzig. So, um, but one thing I wanted to, to, to bring to your lot's attention, what, what were your thoughts about the ball going out? Uh, you can't have a turn it. Whether, I think almost any Man United fan would all agree that the ball went out, but there's... Your, there's no evidence to say that it's went out. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no camera angle for it. There's no camera that's along the line, which is stupid because we can't have this argument. Oh, they should have cameras for the line now. But that's a proper freak. Do you know what I mean? Like a freak incident, I guess. You're not going to see much of them. I've seen, I've seen a camera angle. Now, when the game was played, i.e. the camera angles that the referees had... Yeah, there was nothing to show. There was nothing. And I, I, when I watched the game, and there was a couple of you in our chat going, oh, how's that not been disallowed? And, but you can't. You can't. No, you can't. I, I, I said the same. There was, there was no proof. There was no physical proof other than probably the fact that Moyes instantly reacted to the fact that, oh, come on, lads, let's get the throw in and move. Like, well, no, he was, he was praising his players for closing, closing the goalkeeper down to make an error. Exactly. To a goal. So, <laughs> um, but the thing is, though, there has been camera angles since the game that has shown that it's gone out. Now, why aren't what I'm my only question as devil's advocate is why aren't those angles given to the refs? No. Well, no idea. I mean it's another question. Not, There's sort of a question not, on a, on Sis's email you can put to yeah. well, for, for me for me this bottles down very very simply umpire's call. If you don't know, just admit you don't know and play on. Yeah, there's exactly. no issue. There's no and issue that's with what that. They did. And that's what they did, isn't yeah. it? No issue with that whatsoever. No matter how much we'd have loved it for Man United to get a goal of a turn, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. I think we all agree it would, it would have been the wrong decision. It was the equaliser as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a big moment in the game and it's, it's gone in their favour. Um, what did I mean? I've, I've, I've spoke a lot about it and I'm, I'm going to give Man United credit for the two weeks in a row, which is weird. So can someone else talk about the game? Before you throw up. <laughs> no, like you says, I think, I think even though Man United did play awful effort, I actually thought that was probably the worst I've seen them this season for 60 minutes. I thought, in, in all fairness, without taking away the result for Man United, because I actually agree, end of the day, you've got to, it goes from being slating them and getting away with it to going, well, do you know what? There's clearly a bit of a mentality about them. I obviously felt when Bruno come on that, he looks like he, he looks like it means a lot to him, even though, like you said, he's only just signed like what a year ago. It looks like he really cares more about any other player that's there, even like like the likes of Maguire, who's supposed to be like the leader of Man United. He looks like he's fucking fed up when he comes on the pitches. Have I got to come on here and fucking drag you like out of shit? Because end of the day, after sixty minutes, Man United should have been at least at least three goals down, at least, and they would know that. I know Nub was on about it, and Ty was joking about it that they're all shit, and they were, but. But if you've got a guy like Bruno, I mean, we've all slated him that he's a stat pad and all he does is score free kicks and pens. But if you take away that, he's a massively influential player in that team and that squad and clearly in that dressing room. Because all of a sudden, as soon as you come on, the game completely changed. West Ham looked shook. All of a sudden, they went from like just creating chances, creating chances. We need to get this next second. We need to get a second. He comes on. Looked like the game was over within 10 minutes of him being on the pitch. Shell, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but if we're going to be negative about Man United, it was dreadful. The first half, I've never seen anything like it. West Ham will be kicking themselves after that game because even though they lost 3-1 and, like you said, Man United ran away with it in the end, but they should have never been in that position where they only had one goal. Never. Also, Paul, and one one little thing that I also wanted to, to add about this game, and I forgot to, I forgot to mention it earlier, Um Sebastian Haller is very fortunate not to be L of the week. Oh, mate, I forgot about this. Oh, I, for- I forgot about that. I, even oh. when you were talking about it, it didn't I feel register. so yeah. stupid. Yeah, that was... But that, oh. yeah, so, so L of the week, lads. That was one of the most pathetic attempts of staying on his feet I've ever seen from Haller. <laughs> what did, what so was he doing? He did so well. Like, so put it into context, he basically rounded the goalkeeper, empty net and fell over. Yeah, and all, and all, all of a sudden he just got cat legs, couldn't move, and fell over. Cat legs, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was gone. It's like he, he he thought he was he thought he was prime R nine. Went round the goalkeeper and then remembered, oh wait, I am Sebastian Haller. Sure. Yeah. I've not scored in X amount of games. I'm just going to be a monk. So I, I, I don't understand how that happened. But like you say, I think West Ham. They, they did show. They showed enough there that they just they're gonna have a good yeah, season. Yeah, I was I think, literally right? about to touch on that. Um, but it's it's uh, it's another three points for Ollie. You know, it's but he does this away again, away from home. He does this? The the owls will come, and they've got they've got a big game coming up at the weekend. I mean, to put it into perspective, like. <clears throat> If Man United do go through against Leipzig, which I do actually believe they probably will, because I, think, I think the game, I think what they need from the game sets up perfectly for them. I think only needing a point and be able to counter attack against Leipzig, Leipzig know that they've got to win. I think Man United will cope with it a lot easier. And if you say that they go through in that group, tough group, PSG yeah, and Leipzig, it is a tough group. 
good group. Yeah. And like you said, as they win their game and under the second, it's like we've been slating this whole season, and the, and that's the situation going into mid December. Going into the, like the, the Christmas break, the next game, well, not Christmas break, but next Christmas games, the Manchester Derby. Now, oi, they'll beat Man City. They've got a good record against them. That's what I mean. If if United beat City, sticky. Isn't it? We're gonna have to shut the pod down. <laughs> no, we're not, mate. No, we're not, mate. That, that's when the Pep Slander really kicked into high gear. <laughs> Oi, I've been on this pep slander for a while, mate. I'm telling you now. If Ole's fucking sinks for four past him this weekend, no, boys, all, all I'm gonna say, four, all I'm gonna say is, whoever, whoever loses that game, we win. To be We're fair, the, real the Manchester derby is normally my favourite fixture of the year because whatever happens, it's funny. Yeah, uh, Man, you win. I can laugh at City fans. City win. I can laugh at United fans. And if it's a draw, they both lose points. So it, it is. It's my favourite game of the season most of the time. Um, well, this, but... will be, this will be the real test for Man City because it's all right turning it on against the fucking relegation fodder, but the mighty Man United and Bruno. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look at City this season in, in the big games, they've not won one yet, have they? Exactly. They beat Arsenal. But... They were saying that, neither Chelsea. game. <laughs> Try, mate, couldn't hear you. I've got a mouthful of food. What's up? <laughs> you just you keep it here, lad. I heard you, you twat. <laughs> Not won a big game this season. Who, who does that remind you of? Yeah. You just keep chewing that storm. We'll carry on. Don't worry about it, mate. Oi, pang is wrong. <laughs> you, can we get a shout out to the, where you've got that from in Bolton? Um, it's called Chicken, Chicken Cartel. Cartel. Chicken cottage. The hot chimichurri and lime wings, mate. That's is that like a mafia chicken cottage? Isn't it? Yeah, man. In, Came in with a Bolton. kilo of coke. Wait, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like it slaps. By the way, Bolton is a weird part of the world. So, you know, if you ever, if yeah, you ever, a, if you ever think of going there. Wait, you can see the world famous, what's, what's it called now? Is it the Macron? The Macron, yeah, mate. Macron, yeah. Yeah, I can see the world famous Macron from out the window. So. <laughs> I mean, one thing One thing I will say about Man United is, like you says, they can get two points um, from top of their game in hand. But end of the day, they could go out crashing out the Champions League in two days' time. They could go and lose against Man and they'll probably be about ninth or tenth in the league. So that's that. the thing is, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not slating them for saying that, but that's how tight and compact the league is at the minute. Yeah. And that's the fine margins you've got with Man United because like Man United fans, don't know, they don't know what fucking team's going to no, turn up. No. They've only won, like, what, two league games, one league game at home this season? Well, the only thing consistent about United's performances at the moment is that they're inconsistent. Yeah, That's, or concede first. You know. Um, well, it's, let's put it into perspective. If they play the way that they did for the first 60 minutes against Man City, Man City will literally probably put about 10 past them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But if or, they play like they did against if the last... They play like they, if they come out... Or, if they play like they did the last 30, they probably beat Man City quite easily. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be if Bruno if Bruno puts on a show. I wouldn't be surprised if if City lose that. Oh yeah, Bruno ACL in training the night before would just fucking. <laughs> oh yeah, a Bruno ACL would be the biggest yikes you could ever. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, yikes! Two words, man. Big yikes. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Twitter when they went to sum up sum up twenty twenty in two words or something. Big, Big yikes. <laughs> 
Massive, massive yikes. Anyway, um, Newcastle yeah. don't get it anyway because I'm quite enjoying watching them play, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they are they are a fun team to watch, Man United, because they, they score goals. You look at them defensively and they are quite open. They, they remind me of like old Liverpool teams. Yeah. Like like the old Liverpool teams that were, they never won anything, but they were fun to watch. Um, and it's like, although I'd say Skirtle's still better than Harry Maguire, but you know, it's a... Martin Shirtful. Well, he's better, he's better than Vidic, isn't he? But we'll move on. <laughs> another, another day for that, mate. <laughs> I love I love dropping that. I know people will be like, oh, he can't believe he can't <laughs> start <honestly>. shaking. <laughs> like, you know that, you know he can't honestly again. think that. He can't honestly think <laughs> clenched fists. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's that's a good time to to go for a break. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Man United fan, you know you can breathe a sigh of relief. We've not slandered you that much, but we do hope you lose every game from now to the end of the season. So. <laughs> Have a nice break. Nothing anyway, personal, it's just for the content. Yo, welcome back. And um, yeah, just had a, had a brief break just to kind of uh, recharge, go through things, pause at about 86 and uh, we're ready to move. So, um, obviously... Part of the, the the big six, another team that's been really pressing forward in the title charge um, was Chelsea. Um, they came from behind. Um, an early goal from Patrick Bamford for them to score three goals. Uh, a fair bit to talk about, um, including Chelsea coming back, Chelsea winning, uh, the way that they played, title charge, and uh, a couple of laughs about Timo Werner. But uh, what I'll do is uh, I'll let... Uh, Storm kick it all off. Chelsea fan number one. Um, I think when the first game, I was a little bit shocked because it was sort of such a, like we'd not done that season. I mean, like last season, I'd have expected it, but Zuma and Mendy just had a complete lapse of miscommunication. Just a miscommunication. Um, Zuma just left it. Mendy came out thinking that he was going to get it, and. Well, Patrick, Patty B, whatever you want to call him, rounded the keeper like he weren't even there. So, fair play to him. It was a good finish. Um, I think I don't think Leeds were too bad. I just think that we was much better than them. We play having a focal point of Giroud against a team that tries to press you man to man like that is so much better. And it's like what Frank Lampard said before the game. He said, "Yeah, it's it's all right." playing this man-to-man 1v1 thing throughout the park. But if you can lose your man, ultimately, you're going to come out on top. Yeah. I think that's sort of um, really how it unfolded. Now, I know that Gaz has said, we'll have a couple of laughs about Timo Werner, so we'll get that out of the way. Um, He fucking loves spooning chances, don't he? He fucking stinks, mate. Oh, my God. He doesn't think this is the problem, right? Because he made up for it by getting the assist at the end, which I, which is what I said he always does. He does it. He, he'll produce some absolutely terrible efforts on goal, and then he'll go and run the length of the pitch and assist someone or get a goal. So, for that reason, he was cat versus Leeds, but I don't really care. Now... 
when you've got other teams like, let's say when he played against Liverpool in his first game, when he was missing chances, it was more understandable. But now it's starting to sort of, I don't know, maybe it's creeping into the back of his mind that, shit, am I actually going to... Am I going to cut it here? Finish these chances. Yeah, but I think this is the problem with Timo Werner. Would you be surprised if one gave those chances? What was that, sorry? Storm? I said, the thing is with Timo Werner, is would you... Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, so, would you be surprised if one game he went and scored all those chances? No. No, exactly. This is what I mean. We know that he's got it in the locker. They're easy chances. Exactly. But this is what I'm saying. Would he, There is going to come a day, there will be a game. I feel there will be a game in the near future where it will, it will put the chances away. He'll score those two yard tappings. I mean, fair play to <laughs> the problem is though he I don't know he's I rate him Storm I'm not I'm anyone, I'm not, man. I, I just I don't know what's happened man I just don't I know I know that, I know that everyone does man. I know it's just really jarring to know a player of his quality that just, just loves giving chances yeah. away it reminds me of um, not not quite the same not quite the same to a certain degree but I remember um when Salah, not when he first came, because you know he scores a lot of goals as well. But even that year when Salah bagged like forty odd goals, he missed a lot of chances. Now we're talking a lot, a lot, a lot of chances. Um, but the thing is, though, with, with Werner, I mean, obviously, like you say, he's getting in the right positions and stuff. But it's just funny to take the piss in it. Yeah, of it's, just, it's just agenda, so funny. agenda over everything. Well, especially especially for, for Liverpool fans, because everyone was saying, oh, you've fucked up, you've not got Timo Werner, blah, blah, blah. And he's not really set the world alight, so it's just funny. Dodge the uh, fucking bullet, mate, is what we've done. But the, the thing is, though, like, it's just, it's like, there was that video, wasn't there? What was it? Um, they, were just, they were just putting all his, all his misses in on, on Twitter this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, some of them, you look at them and... They're really bad, like really, really bad. That and he, he he's already secured miss of the season. I don't see how he's going to get one worse than that. What the one where he cleared off the line? I think Bobby would have yeah. it, it, It's emoting. You know what the thing is though with that game, which which annoyed me as well. So he had like there's probably three opportunities where he could have just easily passed it around the goalkeeper, and he just chose to hit it straight at the goalkeeper as opposed to just, like, slotting it past him. And it's just, like, simple shit Snatching like that. Him, but that's right, he knows he's in a bit of a Yeah, I've still got... I think, you know, because he's he knows that he misses... He obviously knows that he misses chances. So maybe that's in the back of his head every time he's got a chance, saying, oh, I've got to get this in, and then just fucking it up. But still, either way, he still created a, a nice assist for Pulisic. It was nice to see Pulisic get back on the score sheet, albeit being when the game was already dead and buried. But that'll give him a little kick up the arse, what he probably needed. I was pretty livid to see ZX come off injured because, as you know, how much I rate him. Rate him, you love him. And I thought players like Mason Mount as well. Mount was great. Yeah, he got a lot of praise. He got a lot of praise in that game, didn't he? Rightly so. 
Yeah, he was, he was, he was very, very good, to be fair. Um, I, I think that, um, like you say, I mean, Gareth Southgate hasn't helped him because no. he's, he's been picking him in games where everyone wants to see Jack Grealish because Jack Grealish is Jack Grealish and he's been one of the best players in the league this year. But Mason Mount is an exceptional footballer. Um, and I think that he gets a lot of stick based on the fact that he's getting picked over other people. Yeah. But, but he's actually not play, played badly for England. In and, 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 and what you could argue is that they don't play in similar, they don't play in the same position either anyway. No, no, they're, they're very different players playing in different positions, but it, because of the spaces that they can occupy, it's very difficult to play both. Yeah. yeah. That's the issue you've yeah. got. Well, to put it into perspective, you'd play Jack Grealish on the wing. Yeah, every, on the on the left wing, Mason Mount's best position is playing as an eight in a midfield three. Yeah, we all anyone that watches Chelsea will know that. And it, like, like I said last week on the previous pod, I don't, I still don't see Havertz as an eight. I mean, he weren't really, he wasn't re- that effective in the Leeds game. But then against Sevilla, when he played him as a ten in a four-two-three-one, he was absolutely excellent. So it's just finding that right balance at the minute. But I still can't moan because it's another three points. Not a hard four win because I don't think Leeds were exceptional, but another win from coming from behind. And I mean, we, as of last season, we'd have never done that. If we went 1-0 down to Leeds last year, they'd have probably put another four past us in the first half. So I thought when Leeds went 1-0 up, I thought, there we go, this is, a, this, is, this is where Chelsea kind of collapsed. But... Yeah, this is the final of the time, but we just... I don't know. No one looked bothered by it. Like it was like, oh come on, we've conceded. Let's go fucking score now. And it didn't take us long to get the next goal. And obviously, gorgeous Sheru popping up. And uh, he's so singing. man. He's so fucking good. He's just, well, I, I do. I do agree. I think it, it, it covers up Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Come come from behind. Um. And 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 picking the three points when you are right. It's it's something that last year Chelsea. Wouldn't have done. They, they, I mean, you look at previous years when they got battered by Bournemouth, been battered by. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, City's a bit different because anyone. Can, anyone yeah, can but still, thing. yeah, but I, I understand. But like, mean, the yeah. thing is with with Chelsea, I mean, it, it's an, it's another game that they've won. My the interesting point for me with Chelsea is that they've got. I was having a look at. I like I said to you every week. I like looking at fixtures, uh, and seeing who's next to come because. One of my big criticisms, as you know, of Chelsea have been... That's not a criticism because it's just a fixture list. They've just not played many teams that have been that good. And when they've played the teams that are stronger, they've not won. So I think, for my theory anyway, it's going to be an interesting few weeks for Chelsea because they've got... I mean, just look at the fixtures here. The next six in the league are Everton away, um, Wolves away. So it's not Stamford Bridge, it's it's away. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, who have been in good form, but it is at the bridge, but they're still in a good form at the moment. Um, you've got an easy game away at the Emirates. Um, and then you've got Villa and City. City. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, once you get past the Man City game, you know, if you've come out of that and you're still in the same place as you are, yeah. you've got to take, I mean, I've got to start taking anyway, Chelsea a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, not played against the good teams in that, but until until we come out of that period, which is what I said not long ago, this is the now the testing point of the season for us. 
to show, sort of try and showcase how far that I think we've come and how far that Frank Lampard thinks we've come, how far the players think that they can go. Um, yeah, but smiles all around, really. I mean, it was a really good result in the end of the day, if you, yeah, if you look it. Yeah, it was a good result. And I think it, not one of the best games that we've played, but one of the best like performances from certain players that have been put in. Yeah. I mean, I know that the argument bears of Rhys James versus Trent. And I think Trent gave himself... A, Just your lad, argument. Lad, so. it's I not an Reece argument. James it's not an Trump. argument. It's <laughs> your own fucking delusion. Sorry. There's no argument there. <laughs> you need help. Help. <laughs> Go on, son. I'm not dropping it. I'm not dropping it. I'm Go afraid. on. It stuck it. That was yeah, a fucking very performance well. of a complete... Elite, mate. He's coming for you. He's already there. I don't know why he's sorry, coming for you. He's came. I mean, we had, this, we had this conversation before we came on, right? We had this conversation and I asked Storm because he thinks he's better and for whatever, I mean, I understand, you know, opinions are opinions, guys. Bias and opinions are opinions, right? So, you know, this, this, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that Trent's the best player to ever live. However, what what does Reese James and I said asked him I said well, what does Reese James really have over Trent? So would you, would you like to say the first thing that you said? Delivery. Which, delivery. Okay, so we'll stop there. Stop there for one. Argument done. Delivery. Game over. <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. So let me flip that. Let me put some sort of context into this, right? So Reese Trent's firing balls into Salah and Mane. Whereas Reese James for a season has been firing balls into Tammy Abraham. So uh, Reese James lie. has been hitting the six foot plus centre forward, whereas Trent is able to find yeah, a five foot five winger. Doesn't, uh, I'm, I'm not, not going to lie to you, Storm. I'm not going to lie to you, Storm. I think you need yeah. to get off this bus because it's going to the wrong place, mate. Salah, the aerial presence. Yeah, that, that target man. I'm not saying the aerial presence because most of Reece, most of Trent's assists haven't been headed goals. Let's We've got not Duncan get this. Ferguson on top. No, we've got a CDM on top. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you've got... Um... We've got Gilberto Silva on top. I just, sorry, I just think he's a more complete player. I do, I really, really do. And we'll, time will tell. Because Trent's coming back soon. Well, he'll come back, he'll come back yesterday and go on assist. Well, yeah, I know he'll come back yesterday, but I mean, like, he'll be back full playing week yeah. in, week out. He was so. on the pitch for five minutes and got an assist, so... <laughs> Well, if we want to call a pre-pre-assist and assist, we'll... Yeah, we'll, you, we'll you watch you with your eyes, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Reese James would kill for a what? pre-pre-assist. <laughs> <laughs> Still, no, not, not complaining, man. But to, to put it into perspective, you know, I really like Reese James. I think he played really well. Um, I think he is a good, very good all-round solid right-back. Um, and... You know, like you say, going forward, he is, he is he's improving, and he's 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 a good he's a good up and coming fullback. Um, realistically, I mean, if we're looking at it from an England perspective, I wouldn't mind seeing them both play in some capacity because they're both excellent fullbacks. Um, but we're not going to do it. No, I disagree. Play, playing players out of position for the sake of getting them in the team is, is exactly no, yeah, what England do all the time. It's yeah, it's the reason why our golden era. It's why we never win out. But do you, do you think Trent couldn't play in midfield? I don't think he'd be our best midfielder, no. 
you know what um, the thing is with Reese James and uh, Trent as regards to England? I think that they're two sort of different kind of players that would be good for different games. So if you've got teams that have got wingers that will come onto you and attack with quite pacey wingers, I think Reese James would be a better option because he's faster and he's probably he's, argue, he's better at 1v1 defender. Whereas if you're playing against a team that's arguably not as good as them, stick Trent on because Trent just likes to float around the high right side of the pitch and put balls into the box. So I'd, I feel like they'd be, too, they'd be able to utilise him in two different ways for different games. But then that way you've got... So you're saying that against better teams, Trent wouldn't be able to perform for England, whereas Reece James... No, I, I don't, no, I'm not saying that because it's not that I don't rate Trent. I'm not saying... Sure? I'm not, yeah, I'm positive. Try and say that about smiling. Right, so I'd rather see Reese James play against pacey wingers where he needs to defend one on one. We, we, we play we play far at the back, Storm is never going to be caught one on one. No, no, that's yeah, but the, that's what I'm saying, it's my preference. <laughs> Whereas Trent play against the, the, the teams that don't arguably attack as much because it'd be more effective. That's my that's my two p on the Reese James Trent oh, England situation. On, yeah, this is getting uh, turning into a bit of a bow, isn't it? Well, as long as we can all agree that Trent's better, we'll move on. So <laughs> well, the, next, the next game we're talking about here is uh, Palace. Um, speaking of another one of Storm's agendas, Wilfred Zaha had a fantastic game. He did, you know, he looked great, didn't he? Didn't did hey, hey, didn't he look good, Paul? <laughs> he looked great. Do you know what? Reese James would have struggled against him last week. Reece, Re- he would have had Reese James in his pocket. <laughs> My agenda is built on fucking maybe six seasons of absolute crap. Yeah, great. He probably scores two worldies a season, does a few stepovers and scores like, what, five or six goals a season? Is that you're describing or Wilfred Basically William. <laughs> He's basically A couple William. of stepovers and a couple of goals a season. Yeah, basically. Champions League goes pretty much. <laughs> what one thing about Zaha, he'd he'd get on the end of a Reese James cross. <laughs> Wait, he's good in the air, you know. Good in the air, you know. <laughs> you see, do you really reckon? So what how many is he on now? Nine. Seven. Seven yeah. He scored seven. seven in the league. Seven. So so to put that in perspective. He's That's his best goal-scoring season, also. To put that in perspective, he, he is—he is his best season, but he—we're not a, about a third of the way through, and he's three or four off top goal scorer in the Prem. So this is, yo, this could be the season that he turns me. <laughs> this could be. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean, though? This is what people get their back up so much about when I slander Zaha, but it's because he's been crap for years. And he's finally turning it on. Finally. I think what, after the after nearly what? Like nine seasons in the Prem. Come off like it. Six minutes ago. See, see my, my thing with, with Zaha um, is I've always rated him as a player because for, for quite a long period of time, Crystal Palace, playing for Crystal Palace is difficult as an attacker. Mm-hmm. As, a, as, a, as a defender or, you know, a holder midfielder, they tend to do okay. Like, what is it? Milhavich and... Carthy and you know, oh, yeah. for example, Cahill's gone there and done well. Uh, don't forget Joe Ward. 
Don't oh, forget. Oh, yeah. Underrated him. Don't forget the Jedi. Oi, don't forget the Jedi. Underrated. Fat, fat's forgotten. Melee Jed. Yeah. It'd have been better if we'd have forgot Joel Ward. Yeah. You know, Point proven, Um But I just think when you they put up, um, for example, like some of the other players, like Ayu, who's occasionally had you know decent numbers for, for that team. I think it's very difficult for players of any note to do well, especially Zaha, because teams know that if you stop Zaha from playing, there's not really a lot going forward for Crystal Palace. Yeah. And, I, and, I've, and I'm stood by to the fact that I think that if, if Zaha played for a better team, his output would be significantly better. If not, like, I'm not saying he's going to be like suddenly the best player in the league. No chance. But it's like the football that Palace play normally has been quite abject. Um, and it's quite strange to see that they scored five goals, actually. Benteke scored two. And that that's his fourth goal in... 50-odd games for, for Palace. So that, that tells you all you need to know about the defending more than him, though, doesn't it? That's what I mean. It, 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 going forward, they, they are a shambles a lot of the time. So I think... <laughs> like, the, the, I, don't, I won't judge Zaha purely off his, his output all the time. But moving on from Zaha, because I know we could continue, um, that, that game, we, we did say beforehand that West Brom were a little bit unlucky with the red card potentially the, 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 the penalty decision. Um, and, you know, you, you touched on it, Paul, before about West Brom being unlucky, didn't you? Yeah, man. Um, um, well, who was it? I forgot who got sent off now. Um, was Pereira, it? Pereira, Pereira, Pereira. It? Pereira, got, Pereira got sent off basically for allegedly kicking out when he collided with a Palace player. Both went down. I don't believe he got he kicked out at all. It was just more the momentum of when he fell. His legs were up in the air. Uh, Palace player makes a meal of it, makes out he's kicked out of him. Shows you on the cameras that he doesn't really kick out of him at all. And the referee overturns it. And I just thought, again, where it's been kind of quiet for VAR this week. And then all of a sudden, something like that happens. It's like, it's every week, isn't it? Well, I'm kind of getting bored of talking about it to a bit. One, but thing, one, one thing it does do as well, Paul, is... Um, it highlights the inconsistencies of refereeing in the Premier League. And yeah. that's that's the main frustration. I don't think it's VAR as a whole. I think it's the, the inconsistencies because Conor Gallagher goes down in the box as well. Now, I, I, if I look at that as a one-off situation before this season yeah, starts, it's not say, a say it's not a penalty. Yeah. But the way the season's been, the way what's been given... West Brom have had a couple of them not go the way yeah, against United. Yeah. So you can see, but then it's like, I mean, I know we've just spoke about the Chelsea game, but um, is it Ben Chilwell right at the end? Kicking. Uh, well, we've had a question sent in about this. So should we save? Yeah, yeah, we can we can say that. But I just think it just shows the, the inconsistencies in, in football that just, just pick one, yeah, yeah. one way of doing it and, and move on. So, um, it was a good win for Palace. Um, you know, West Brom are still in that situation where they they are struggling for points and conceded five again at the end of the day. Um, it is going to be difficult for them, but they, they do show a little bit, which I think they, they're going to be fighting. They're not like not like others where you think they're down already. They, they are going to be fighting, yeah. but I think it's. I think be before difficult. you move on, the red card actually happened when they won all, and West Brom were really in the game. 
And right up to half time as well, they was in the game, and I felt like they're just gonna have to hang on. But when you've got, like you says, when you've got ten men, and you're you're fighting for your life down there. You've not exactly got a, a massive squad, a full of quality. Then, like it says, a five one was a bit harsh from, in my opinion, and the red card was harsh in my opinion. I saw something pretty funny about West Brom here. I want to see from Paddy Power. It was a it was a photo of uh, Branislav Ivanovic. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen that. Gripping wet through, and it just says, "I'm fucking 37. I'm a multiple prem and Champions League winner. Why has someone talked me into coming to play middle centre back at West Brom? When I could be in Turkey getting a hairline. <laughs> when I'm in Turkey, when I could be in Turkey getting a new trim. <laughs> now that is probably one of the most ridiculous transfers that's happened in the summer. I mean, 37 years old. I, I mean, he was never quick anyway. Playing centre back." Playing middle centre back in a back three for West Brom. It's only going to end one way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, the only way, thing I can say is they did get him on a free, and I think they probably thought that that Premier League experience. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad sign. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 I don't know why he went. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? I understand why they got him. I understand back why. In his he, back in his basically in his motherland, he was playing in Russia, weren't he? Which isn't too far from. Where he's originally it's not far away from Birmingham, is it? <laughs> <laughs> a nice little back. commute on a Wednesday. Back in time for training on Thursday. Just um, a quick charge on the M6. John, I'm up back up. Can't wait. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so it's it's interesting. Obviously, Palace, you know, they, they're doing okay. Uh, West Brom, they're going to be fighting. Speaking of a team that's... Um, you know, really needs to get a fight going. Fighting, not fighting. <laughs> Looking down. Get one going. Need to get one going quick. Um, and that's Sheffield United. Um, one point, still, still no win. <laughs> I mean, Klopp had another go at Wilder, didn't he? The other day. He's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got fucking chicken in his mouth, isn't it? Britain. Britain. <laughs> Oh, it's bullying at this point. You should leave Wilder alone, man. One point at the bottom of the table. Let him have some, you know, let him chill out for a bit. But they, they just, uh, I mean, they almost got a point. They deserved a point, in all fairness. Before we slay them, they, they, they didn't deserve to lose that game. But this, we're saying this a lot about them. Recently. I know. This is where you've got to fucking sort your centre out. Um, they, can't, they can't take chances. It takes them five chances. To even get a shot on target, yeah, you, you've got to be better than that. It's piss poor, mate. <laughs> I fucking love when you say that line. It is. <laughs> it's now, fucking piss poor, mate. Do you understand how hard Chris Basham is having to work? <laughs> this is bad for his health. <laughs> the, the poor youth oh is going to have a fucking heart attack. He has Chris. to. Basham. He has to play so well. Just to get just to get him within a chance of half a clean sheet. <laughs> Never gave him once a, a month. He's nowhere near. They, they, they're going down and they're going down. They're plummeting. They're not just going down. They are falling, mate. I think what's worrying for him more than anything, which I can't believe I'm saying, but like you've just touched on, guys, I actually feel like there's something that this West Brom, there's something about this West Brom side. They've got a bit of quality on the pitch where they can they can kind of. They, they might be able to nick a few points here and there. They look like they've got some about them compared to what I believe going into the season. I know I'm mad at saying this, but Fulham obviously got a result against Leicester. They played against Man City, which we'll touch on a minute. They didn't actually play that bad. I know it was 2-0, but 
They didn't play yeah. nowhere near as bad as I expected. And all of a sudden, it looks like there's a little bit of fight with them. And then you've got Sheffield United just look fucking, just look gone. This like, is what I would say about the Sheffield United side, right? This is what happens when you've got literally, is there one player out of the 18 that they selected for the squad that can even take anyone on? Nope. They've got, got no, there's no flair players. They've got literally nothing. It's just, this is my tactic. Buy into this regime and do this with Chris Wilder, which it worked for him. Fair play the first season, but this season he's just he's still stick to his guns, and it, it's obviously not working. Found out. It's, pain, it's genuinely painful. I thought he was going to cry when that when that Vardy goal went in. Uh, I, would, yeah. I would I would argue that Sanderberg has got quite a bit of quality. I think he's I no, I do think that Sanderberg is a good player, but he's not the kind of player that will try and skin just go around a man or. He just receives the ball and looks to pass it forward. Whereas, like with West Brom, Dianga, players like that, they've got skillful players. Yeah, yeah. they've got. They're going to try and take people on and take the game to them. Whereas Sheffield United, I don't like Harry said before. It's like a blender of sort of yeah, man, five, three, three, five, one, two, one, two. (laughs) Fucking pass the ball forward, but then pass it back, but then just it's just not going to work, man. It's just they are done. Down, um, mullered, and squirt me. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to to worry for the Forest lads about this derby record. Yeah, I'm not worried yet. Can you imagine if in one season Forest go down and the derby record gets broken? What, are, what are Forest fans going to talk about? Derby also <laughs> going. No, Derby. Oi, mate. I hope Derby stay up. Fuck them. <laughs> oh. Go could be like that fucking gif of Kermit on that ceiling fan. <laughs> but on the, on the extractor fan. <laughs> That's a great adder. Um, There's yeah. no come from that. Sorry. I mean, we haven't got any talk about the hell. Storm, you're Sorry, breaking up. Froze, or am I just being... We can't hear you, man. Hello? You're, you're, on, on you sounded like Yoda for a minute. Hello, I'm back. Jokish point as well. What's that, Spaz? No, you said like on yeah, my. I, I was just, I was saying that there's. Go on, Storm. You keep. Sorry, you keep going so quiet, Fats. Uh, what I was saying was, I know that Guck's not even here to talk about Forest, uh, but they held another L. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to write it down on the script, but I thought we'll leave it out. We'll let them have their time away from football. To be honest, like, it's... it's yeah, I mean... So where, where would that put Forrest in the league now? I know we're straight away from the Premier League fixtures and we haven't finished, but it's, we, we need a little chat. The 19th, I think. They're, they're, they're bottom three. Oh, no, they're bottom four. Sticky, uh, mate. It's sticky. The only, is... the only club there are... The only reason why they're not bottom half is because Sheffield Wednesday had so many points deducted. Otherwise, six, minus Darby six. Rock, yeah, Derby are rock bottom. Um, but Which, yeah, they, they, they're in trouble, basically. They, they, they're in trouble. I think one thing I'll say about the Sheffield United game, guys, before you move on, the fact that obviously nothing's going for them. I mean, they're, well, they're not even playing well enough to, for things to go for them, but the fact that Jamie Vardy in the last kick of the game... Boyard Sheffield Wednesday fan scores the winner and, and then murders, the, murders murder, the fucking corner flag. Murders the gay pride flag. Can I add? 
Yeah, but there's something poetic I find with goal 90, booking 91. There's just something yeah. about seeing that yeah. on the score sheet oh. that just gets me. It was such a Jamie Vardy goal to score as well, weren't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the peeled off from the defender and just left him in the dust. I've got no idea why John Egan doesn't take a red I card. I have no idea why no one mentioned it on the fucking on the um, commentator either. You, you've got to take a red card there. Outside Check him the down. Box, if he's 40 yard away from goal, hack him down. Yeah, take him down. I don't care if you've got to jump, jump hold of him I've, and drag him. It do not matter. I've seen a challenge like that and I remember it was when Darwin played in the cup final and there was a young lad playing for the opposite team. And he was through what one V Sean O'Neill playing centre back, right? One V one. And this lad was only 17. Sean O'Neill was like 30 or whatever, about weighed about 10 stone more than him. And Sean O'Neill just came in with a two-footed thigh-high red card game ending challenge for this lad. But it kept him in the game and they drew three-three. They lost on penalties, but it was the game, it was the game saving what challenge. Storms basically that- just says he almost killed him, but they got a point. He's become an advocate for attempted murder. That's what's at stake. Fan for that, is, fan. Is, that is what is at stake for Sheffield United. No, but I agree, like you, you're saying. The fact that he like he, he tries his hardest to get out of the way of him. Yeah, take the red card. Trip him over, take him down. Rugby tackle him. We'll do whatever. Just don't, he's through on goal with the last kick of the game. Yeah, have a shot, mate. So you're only Jamie Vardy. You're not, you're not prolific in front of goal, are you? <laughs> and it weren't like a... I don't think I've ever seen Jamie Vardy go past the defender and then try, like... Do you know, like, pass it on the floor. He always just yeah, belts it, don't it, he? Yeah, finesse it, mate. Bit of finesse every... by Jamie. Oh, brilliant goal. Brilliant celebration as well. That corner flag's fucking currently in a vice somewhere covered in superglue. <laughs> <laughs> corner flag reminds me of Alan Smith against Liverpool that day. You know, he fucking cracked it. Keep talking that. Um, oh dear. But yeah, mo- moving on. Obviously, City won. Um, fairly comfortable win. Yeah, not a lot to talk about. It's a bit of a strange. I just expected about nine goals and full of kind well, of in, there. Uh, one of one of the blokes that I were with was a Man City fan. He was like, it, uh, he t- he says he turned it off after eighty minutes because he says it was one of the most boring City performances he's ever seen. Yeah, they scored two goals and they just completely took their foot off the gas and just weren't just weren't playing like they was interested. Which I suppose if you're controlling the game against someone like Fulham, maybe don't go all out because they went all out against Burnley and probably like you don't want to be burning players out, no. but. Still, I think if you're going to say, like, oh, we're coming for the league. You, That's you sort what of need, I mean. It's normally statements of Pep, isn't it? But yeah, it's usually... It's just the same old story with Pep at the minute. Yeah. Just yeah, Now he's finally got his back-to-back wins in the Premier But it's been against complete dossers. So it'll be interesting to see how they play against Man United. Like we've already touched on it. It'll be interesting to see how he plays against Man United next week. Yeah. The thing is, though, one, one thing you will say, obviously, what, they've played... The past two games, they've they've won two games, they've scored seven, they've conceded zero against two teams where you yeah, probably exactly. do that. So there's nothing really yeah. much to say other than they've done their job. Um, well done, well done, City. You're multi-millionaires <laughs> and you beat some bums. You you're basically you're, you're at the bottom of the list of match of the day. What's happened to you? That's that's, that's where we're getting we at the minute. Big fall from grace, that big yikes, big yikes, big yikes, mate. big yikes. Um, but yeah, 
there's not much more else to say about City. I think the best thing to do is probably just dive into some questions. Love that. Yeah. Um, got got one one question here brought in from uh, Mr. Daniel Walton. Big up Walt. Big up Walt. Fifty five oh, on the way, by the way, everybody. So we're. Uh... Keep an eye out for what is this Walt? This Walt's a Rangers fan, isn't it? Honestly, yeah, like you know, they get 55, you'll have to peel him off the fucking ceiling. <laughs> Honestly, I can't, I can't wait to see his little face when they've won the league. It's gonna be hilarious. Oh, lag, you know, if we're still in lockdown, I'm picking you up and we're going to see him, mate. It's that, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, where, where is that? Is it not him, man? No, it's Glasgow, mate. Is he living yeah. in Glasgow? Yeah, yeah, he's poor <laughs> sod. <laughs> but he's, he's got a question anyway. And um, it was similar to kind of what we mentioned a little bit before, saying, um, should Pervader have had a penalty at the bridge when it was 2-1? Why should a player need to go down to get the foul? And it's an interesting point that's been brought up because obviously that happened and then there was the the, the Danny Welbeck challenge last week. Um, very similar. Very no, similar. similar. Well, well, very similar. One went down, one didn't. One's up had a penalty, one hasn't. Um and you know, so so what what do we have to say about that? Should should the player need to go down? Well, I was gonna no, I was gonna touch on it in the Chelsea game. I thought I I seen the question sent in earlier, so I thought I'd save it. It's definitely a penalty. Yeah, I was when I seen it. When I seen it happen, I was wounded because I thought, here we go, fucking we've gave away a penalty here when we're in a good position to sort of try and win the game. And I mean, if they get given that penalty, it's probably two two. And it changes the complexion of the game. But they were very unlucky. It, I mean, the players shouldn't have to go down, but I feel like that's the way that the game sort of is at the minute. If Because go, if he goes down, it's straight up. He's been legged up in the box. It's a penalty. Well, it's like if you take it, if you, like you mentioned the Danny Welbeck penalty, Danny Welbeck doesn't go down. It's, it's never, it's not even thought about, looked about, not, probably not even mentioned on commentary. Whereas, because obviously Welbeck's gone down, ref's going to have to go, I'll have a look. With Pervader, like he says, he's a young kid and he probably didn't realise that, well, if I go down here, I'll probably get a penalty in this day and age, in this current climate of the Premier League. But he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to go down to get a penalty. He shouldn't have to go down because it was a genuinely yes, foul made by Ben Chilwell. It, it was just a stupid challenge. Yeah. I mean, if he did trip him up, then yeah, it gets, gets given as a penalty all day, every day. He gets away with it. Yeah, mm. I think, I think what, what's happened and we've become... Uh, it's become really, really common, in particular over the last sort of five, ten years in the Prem. Not probably not just in the Prem, to be fair, is that players' reactions by decisions, yeah. not the actual incident itself. And even now, in a time where the, the referee can watch it back a thousand times from a thousand angles in super slow motion, even now it's very obvious that it's players' reactions that win them decisions, not incidents in the game. And that's an issue. But like if we're saying to players, the only way that you're going to get something is going down, then all we do is we add to the diving problem. So you need to be able to back referees to say, look, you know, and no, not even just that, because I don't, I don't expect a referee to see that contact, you know, with how quickly the game's going, but it needs to be the bloke in the, in the VAR or whoever who's watching it, who's got to say, oi, I know you missed it. A lot of people did, but you need to come to the screen. You need to see this. The, you know, there's a shout for a penalty. Whether the player goes down or not, there's a foul there. I could understand if the ref was playing advantage because, you know, it's in the box. He's on his favoured left peg. We'll see if he does swaz it top bracket. But when you see that he doesn't, you've got to, you've got a decision to make and you've got to have the bravery to make it. 
thing is yeah. though, you made a good point, more how it adds to the diving problem. And you know, we were talking about Harry Kane earlier, and how he's, he's, he's knocking into people and he's doing this, and he's he's not even going for the ball; he's going for the contact. That's it's similar to this. I mean, Harry Kane has already won one penalty doing it this way by playing for contact, and it, it only adds to the fact that when the play, if the player goes down slight contact, you look at VAR and you go, oh, this contact and not anything else, not the the what the contact is, if the contact's enough for a player to go down. Because any touch in VAR looks like he's booted him. So I think we're summing that up by saying they shouldn't have to go down, but they do to win out. Yeah. Um, yeah I agree, to be fair. Um, do you know with when because it was it was replayed on TV quite a lot, and at the time I was sort of just like, shit, we gave away a penalty. But when it didn't, I don't know. But I, it's it's strange that VAR didn't really pick up on it because it was checked. Yeah, they were saying it was checked. Was it? So no, yeah. Well, whoever I, I vaguely remember them saying it's been that's been checked. That makes it even weirder. That yeah, that's even stranger. Yeah, that's why. That's why it was. That's why I thought it was weird. I didn't think it got checked. No, I do remember them saying it had been checked, which is why I thought this is def- this is a penalty. Yeah, that's, that's maybe maybe me. staying on your feet doesn't get you penalty anymore. Maybe it's not seen as a as a disadvantage anymore for. Maybe people do have to go to ground to get penalties, which is really shouldn't how it should be. I mean, obviously, I don't want to fucking concede the penalty, but I'd be completely stupid to say it weren't a penalty because it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's the inconsistency of it. I mean, yeah. personally, if we, if I'm being completely honest, I think all of those types of tackles aren't penalties. If oh, I'm yeah, being, I agree. I, think, I agree. Oh, yeah. I don't think. I don't. Think, if, if I was to be honest, I don't want penalties to be given for that. But in, I don't, in terms I don't of this want season, to be given for that. But no. if, you, if you're in some, you've got to give all. You've got to give all. It's all or none. You can't say, well, that's a pen and that's not a pen, and it it it, it makes no sense to me. So, um, like I say, though, it's something that we're going to see consistently in the Prem now with VAR. So we're going to have to get used to it. Um, and the next question was brought in from Mr. Ryan Clay himself. You right, Nob? Thanks for the question. Bonjour, Nob. He's smiling now. He's, he's on a roll. Man United, I know. Yeah, the dubs, dubs are rolling in. He's not watching, but the dubs rolling in, mate. Um, he, his question was, um, how long before Slick Mick Arteta gets sacked? <laughs> Slick Mick. Or will he still be managing in the championship next season? <laughs> and he did follow it up. With compare Ollie Frank and Arteta's records in the first full season, I think the press give him an easy time because he has beautiful hair. That sounds like a very nub question, that does to me. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I, mean, I think we've touched on it a couple of times with Arteta about, you know, how long has he actually got. Um, we, we said last week that we think that he'll, he'll make the season. I think most of us did think that he'd make the season, but. How long can he continue like this? Um, really? It's got to start getting results. Race up. But I think he's got he's just gotta see he's gotta see his performance as well. I mean, like he says, they've been nothing short of 
horrendous these last few weeks. I feel like that in the league they've not looked like winning any game recently. Um, but I mean, one thing he probably has got on his side, which we, I mean, we disagree with a bit. I, I do think fans do still stand by him. I still think they do point more at the the people above him or the, the team that he's got to put out. I think I've mentioned it before. I don't think him and Ali are much different in terms of how well he was when he first joined for Man United. Um, and then all of a sudden it started to teeter off a bit. But the thing is with Ole, Ole's actually got quite a decent set of players. Whereas Arsenal are really struggling with quality, in, in my opinion, at the minute. Even the best players are looking nothing short of a, uh, terrible. Is that not a coaching issue? Um, it's probably a bit of both. I think I think sometimes you have to look at the manager and go, right, this guy's been doing it for many years before you've got it. And to be fair, Aubameyang was playing quite well under Arteta last season and the start of this season. But we can't... I don't think you can fully blame Arteta for how Orbs played um, if he's stinking every game. But he's also not got a centre attacking midfielder to choose from, whether that's political. Probably not his decision that Arteta's out, in my opinion. I think it's clearly more footballing reasons. Um, but yeah, it's just... I just, I don't know. I just think it's such a joke. Yeah. Such a joke analogy of. Yeah, well, it's not. You were, you called out the Chinese people for Muslim concentration camps. So we're not going to pick you because yeah. that's wrong. So I think there is, there is some things where you can, I, 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 I'm not defending him, but there are some things that are going against him. Um, he's got no creative midfielder. Um, so that's not going to change anything at the minute until they get a creative midfielder in that team. That I can't see results or performances right, changing so anyway. I've got a, I've got a question then. So this sort of adds on. Like, how do where do they accommodate a, an attacking midfielder? Do they change? Do they need to change the formation, or will they just slot one into the formation that they play at the minute? Uh, best place for them at the minute, I reckon. Are, Arsenal's best sort of midfield and forward lineup for me, I think, would be. Uh, Party and El Nene, an, an attacking midfielder just in front of them, and then Saka left, Abamyang up top, and probably Pepe down the right. For me, I think that's Arsenal's best ideal as it stands at the minute forward lineup. Um, I still can't see where they get any goals from it, but I think that's the best they've got. I agree with what you're saying more, but I, I personally would swap Xhaka with El Nene. <sighs> You what? Hang on, Paul, did you say that you would have Jacques starting? I don't. I wouldn't know. I, I would. I wouldn't pick him to to drive the bus there. No, I agree. I, 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 would, I wouldn't pick him to wash the kit. I wouldn't pick him to cut the teas. I wouldn't. I, I just tell him stay in bed. Fuck up. You stay in bed. That's all <laughs> I'd tell him stay in bed. That's your your, your job. If I was, I tell you what, I, I'd even go as far to say if I was Arsenal, I'd be tempted to offer him to a team like Sheffield United. <laughs> Last bloke they want is another passenger. They've got enough of them. <laughs> Basham's got enough. He's got all on at the minute. Chris, Chris, Chris Basham would need out to say, hurry up, you cunt, in Albanian then. And he'd be fucked. He, he'd, be, he'd barely say it in English, never mind Albanian. He'd be, he'd be balanced. Just, just to go back to the, the, the question, though, I mean, more you've not answered yet. How, how long has Arteta got? Um, I think... If by March the 15th is gone, 
Yeah. But if they're oh, any yeah. better, if they're any I don't better, I think they'll be that low. But if they're any better than fifteenth, I think you'll still see them there. I the, think you'll see them there. Yeah. I, 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 my thing with with Arteta as well, and you know, there was a good point saying compare Ollie and and Frank's, you know, record. Arteta has a trophy. Yeah. That that counts for something. Um, it does for Arsenal, but it's all they ever win anyway, so they're happy with that. No, but you know what I mean? He has he can turn around and say, I have won a trophy, which isn't I mean, they'll count it as two because they'll probably count the community shield, but yeah. He he can turn around and say, We have won a major trophy in England, um, and he can have that forever now. He's he's won that, which so far in their fledgling careers, Ollie and Frank haven't won that. You, you would think that out of all the three, Frank's probably closest to winning one now than, than Arteta. Can I add like a little thing to this? Would you so would you trade? Would Arsenal fans trade the FA Cup for them to be performing where they should be in the league? No, no, absolutely in a heartbeat. Obviously, Obviously, because the, all I'm seeing is the fact that, yeah, we've won an FA Cup. Yeah, you've won an FA Cup. But you're completely and utterly terrible now. No, no, I, I understand what you're saying. You are right. They would trade to be playing Chelsea's football and play, and being in that position and not have the FA Cup, 100%. But my point is, winning that FA Cup buys your time because you've won something. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I suppose. It's like Moore said, if they're still in this position, and I wouldn't even say as long as March, I'd say February. I'd say February, January, if you're still 15th, there's going to be serious questions asked, but it buys them a little bit of extra time, I think. Yeah, can we just like actually think ahead to, can can we really imagine a league where in January, in the 2021 season, the Arsenal are 15th. No. Uh, it's actually criminal, isn't it? The thing, I know I keep trying to sound like I'm defending him, but he's not, he's not got a squad nowhere near what Frank's got. Or Ole. Oh, I know that. I'm not trying, I'm not comparing No, Arsenal. I mean, as in, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not, I, that weren't aimed at you, I'm just saying in general, like, he has got piss poor players all over the shop that are playing constantly. Like, Rob Holden and David Luiz ain't going to get you anywhere. Um, playing centre half, Granite Xhaka alongside a crippled Partey or a. Well, a, this um, is right. So this is where this is where my point lies with. Yeah, you won an FA Cup against us, and which is fair enough. But that is an overachievement of your team, just because your team has overachieved that it get, pulled the wool over the Arsenal fans' eyes to make them believe that you know they're coming all guns blazing this season, and they've just I don't I, they've just capitulated. They're genuinely just. Yeah, the, thing, the thing is, your argument against that will be, well, if the team's overachieved, then that's kind of to do with management and coaching. Mm-hmm. And we can all agree, last year, Arteta was actually they were playing decent football with a poor side, beating the likes of Man City, beat us twice. I know the league had gone, but they still have to do the job, still have to go and get beat. So you kind of can go, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. If, if, they're, if they've ever achieved, which they massively did, that team should never be winning an FA Cup. Then you can kind of go well. No, no, obviously. But um, it, now it, must have done something. It's come crashing down. Yeah, but now it's yeah, come yeah. crashing down. The season. Do you know what I mean? So it's just. Yeah. It's a strange situation for them to be in, really, because obviously I don't think that they've ever seen themselves be this bad. I mean, like I've seen 
So when the the season that Mourinho got sacked the second time, like we were we were bad. Yeah. We'd just come off the back of winning the league and we finished tenth. Like, what? Well, yeah, we finished tenth. Like yeah. that was a low point for us, but we still like towards the end of the season, even with like Gus hitting, we still performed in a few games that mattered. Like now Arsenal don't even seem like they can even get a result. Do you would you like so say Arsenal who do they play next? Fulham? No, Liverpool have Fulham. Liverpool who have Arsenal got next? Uh no idea man. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. Find out. Yeah, go on. Just carry on. What's your point? So, uh, would you be surprised if they went and lost the next three games? Is what I'm gonna is my uh, next point. The next three games, um the the next game is Burnley at the Emirates. Uh, if they don't win that, they're in trouble. Must win. Must win. This Must is win. what I'm saying. So, we're out. No L to Burnley at, at home. I mean, I know you. I know we can say. I know this is thinking, but the way that they're playing is, it's genuinely like, they just look bereft of ideas. Yeah. I mean. Don't get me wrong. Like I know, I know. I'm saying that they've, they've not got a good enough squad to be anywhere near Oli or Frank's squad, but shouldn't be anywhere near 15. Well, interestingly enough, if Burnley do beat them, they only go four points behind them. <sighs> yeah, big yikes! You no, know, this is the big problem yikes. as well, right? They're going to be playing teams that genuinely are fearing for their lives in the Premier League. Yeah, and as shit as they are. Maybe I don't know whether whether it's something in Arsenal's head. Maybe they think, well, we're good enough, we can do this. When actually, like that, when they are, the confidence has gone. Teams like that that need the points are going to think, let's capitalize on this situation because these aren't playing well, and we know that we can beat them. So it'll be interesting to see where they come out of over the next month. I mean, if they are still fifteenth after a month or two, Arteta's got to go. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I think fifteenth by January is like you say it's 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 too much. Um, did, did we have any any other questions, Storm? You said you had one that was brought in, didn't you? I thought they were. I'm I'm pretty sure they were all on the um, rooms. I, I was sent one, mate, um, and and it might be one of my more favourite one of my more favoured questions that we've ever been asked by uh, Jean Michel Bamford, new lifter to the pod. Big up yourself. Um, and he asked, and he, <laughs> and he wanted us to ask, uh, in light of party being shoved onto the pitch by Arteta, what are your most enjoyable manager-player collaborations slash? Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now there, there, there are a couple, um, couple of big mentions. So the, the first two that popped into my head in the chat, which is what I put, was. Big Sam laughing at was it Angel Rangel for Swansea? <laughs> no, it was towards um, Flores. Kiko Flores. Kiko Flores or something. Yeah, Kiko Flores. And I, I mean, it's just the way <laughs> the fucking big bearded laugh was creating me. My, my, uh, my one favorite one. Got me... Go on. No, go on, start with a second. No, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, well my, my favorite moment, it, it's one of my favorite moments ever in football, and it will have to be. Kepper refusing to be subbed off with Sari there <laughs> eating chickens, mate. He had them all. He, 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 had a, he had a flock in his mouth, pal. He had all the chickens in his mouth. 
He wasn't eating chickens. He was eating whole cigarettes. Yeah, he was eating whole cigarettes. Straight, the reason that Story left the pitch was definitely to go burn a dag under the fucking stage, man. <laughs> but what? I felt so sorry for him. I did. I felt awful. And I and I'll stand by the fact that you know that would never ever happen if John Terry's on that pitch. Never. Never. Never imagine, ever. Imagine, right? This is going on. And John Terry's like, John Terry will go straight over there and say, get off the pitch now. And yeah. then afterwards in the changing room, he would rip the shit out of him. That was, him. that was the problem with, um, who was the captain? Aspen Aquata at that time, mate. Aspen could have said it to him in Spanish. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just didn't do, any, didn't, didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul, what was yours, mate? Uh, Nigel Pearson and MacArthur when uh, Nigel Pearson tried to take him to death. I've got, I've got, I've got two. Um, the, the first one isn't my favourite one. Uh, the first one is the headbutt. Pardon. Um, Pardon. Oh, Pardon. I forgot that. Pards. I was hoping but, that no one was going to mention that because that was my honourable mention. But my set, my favourite of all time, right, is David Moyes was talking a lot about Luis Suarez diving. <laughs> I love he that. Was talking a lot. Luis Suarez scores against Everton, runs up to David Moyes and does the diving celebration in front of him. It's, 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 I, I don't know, that was, just, that was just beautiful to me. That and Adebayor to Man City is my favourite celebrations of all time, yeah. both of them. So With him, oh, um, another one as well. Yeah. You remember, you know when Gattuso got Joe Jordan round the throat? Oh, mate, that was yes. poetry. Poetry. You don't mess with Joe Jordan, man, neither. Like, he's a geezer. He's like Pete and Baz. I'm telling you, you don't mess with Joe Jordan. Do what, do what. Good choose, um, though. You wouldn't like him to have his hands around your throat, would you? No. That's <laughs> no. real. Um, also, while we're at it, another great manager, um, well, cringe, cringier, but a manager player interaction was when. Tim Sherwood was managing. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Tim Sherwood with a fucking salute. What are you doing? Oh, wearing oh. the G-Lay as well. Boy, that, the infamous G-Lay of L's. Do you know, like, when he unzip, when people unzip their coats and they're like, do you want to buy a watch? It was literally just unzipping. Do you want to buy an L, mate? No, where, where he's going, oh, 50% yeah. win ratio, second to none. In it. Right. Is, is, there, is there any more we could think of? I don't think it's more of a manager-player thing, but... Obviously, I can remember when someone dived against Man United, and then Lewis Van Gaal. Van Gaal, Van Gaal, Van Gaal, Van Gaal did it. But I don't know. It was I don't know who dived. I don't think it was more towards him. It was he did it towards Mike Dean. Did it? Mike Dean was uh, fourth official that day, and he like yeah. he like dives as in like taking the piss out of the guy that dived on the pitch. But oh, and pa- like, Pardew, Pardew in the cup where he starts dancing when they scored in front of him. <laughs> 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 that man was box office. Pardew <laughs> was legit box office. Though, man, I don't. I've never seen a manager dance his way into an L so much. Like <laughs> how you can do that? I think probably one of the recent ones is Arteta and it was Danny Ceballos when he's like trying to figure out what did he say about <laughs> <Kevin> De Bruyne? <laughs> what, 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 what did Pep, Pep say to De Bruyne that time? What did Pep say to De Bruyne? <laughs> Oh, well, that goes to show then. Another one, fucking shoving pet party back on for a fucking hammer. 
that's that is that is a, an absolutely wild bit of it's, play. It's so twenty twenty, isn't it? How he's he's pushed him into five weeks off. Um, but yeah, I think you know we've 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 been going a, a, a good while now. I think it's it's a good time to wrap it up. Paul, have you got one more thing? I've got one more question. I think it was Harry Mather that asked us to ask this. Um, who's going to win the Euros? Um, my money's always on France. Yeah. Always on France. Says. Um, Spain. Storm. Spain. Before you say it, just Spain's also my pick. Spain and my pick as well. No STs, mate. No yeah, STs. I don't... Um, I've, my money will always forever be on France. I'd love an underdog to do something there. Can I remember when Greece won it? Yeah, we were fucking out of it. I'd love a Denmark. Denmark have already won it. Do you, do you know what? I'd yeah. love, I'd love someone Germany random to win it. Just someone that's crap. Well, like, no, just a give something entertaining. As much as I want a Norway aren't in it, I don't think. They're not. Thought, that would have been paying. You know, if Haaland bags about 40 in tournament and just lifts the Euro for him, you'd love that, wouldn't you? Do you know what? If, if, if France don't win, obviously England don't win. Obviously, we all want England to win. Um, <sighs> then I wouldn't mind, like, a team like Holland are probably my second team to win it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not a bad Yeah, so. the Dutch are nice, to be fair. Nice to watch. Um, but yeah, and any more before we wrap up? Anything else? Sure, from me, Chief. No, excellent. Well, like I say, that's another episode 64 Worms. We will be back. Um, back Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. So we will be back on Thursday. Well, to record, dropping it Friday, hopefully. Uh, if we remember this time, (laughs) um, and uh, what what we would say is. Keep your questions coming in. If you're listening, any other famous um, manager player interactions, anything else that you know you wanted to say from our questions that you thought was was worth saying, give us a shout out. Um, it's always it's always enjoyable reading what you have to say. So um, all the best. Uh, until next time. See you later. Peace. Peace. What began as a silly party given by an eccentric has now involved us all in murder.